remember you have a video right after this, right? Hey, babe. Hey, Laura. And you have a, you're going right into the video afterwards, right? <clears throat> what do you need? No sound?
I talked to Debbie. Good morning, everyone. Oh, sorry. Haven Church, we believe everybody's here by appointment. You know, God brought you here for a reason. Um, so how many of you guys are David Jones fans? David Jones? <laughs> yeah. David Bowie, right? That's his name. So that was, he was born David Jones. Everybody's, you know, and so I don't know. I was kind of thinking about his life and career this week, so I kind of felt like, you know, I'm going to pay a little tribute to him this morning. So you guys came on a good day. If you guys want to get your inner rock diva on this morning with us and sing along some. Uh... Let's, let's stand up. Ready? Everybody stand up. Let's open with prayer. Lord God, we're just glad that we came here today to worship you. Uh, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us, that, um, that we just recognize through life. Um, we're, we're focusing um, this week on you and who you are and, and about life being better. And so, God, um, we reflect on people who made, um, in, the, in this uh, little tribute, someone who made music better. Someone, and then we reflect, more importantly, um, we, tomorrow we reflect on Martin Luther King who made society better. But ultimately, God, we reflect on you who makes everything in eternity better. Amen. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, my 
making us under pressure that burns a building down, splits a family and two good people on the streets. I'm from Bobby, I'm from Bobby. D-Data, D-Data, it's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends screaming, let, let me out. Pray tomorrow takes me higher. But you're all people, people on the streets. Let's put your hands together. Let's go and worship the Lord. 
it don't have a job won't pay your bill won't buy you a home Beverly Hills won't fix your life easy steps ain't the law of the land or the government but it's all you need and love will hold us together make us a shelter to weather the storm So the whole world will know that we're not alone It's waiting for you Knock it at your door In the moment of truth When your heart hits the floor And you're on your knees Make us a shelter to weather the storm And now be my brother's keeper So the whole world will know that we're not alone This is the first day of the rest of your life This is the first day of the rest of your life even in the dark you can still see the light it's gonna be alright it's gonna be alright this is the first day of the rest of your life this is the first day of the rest of your life oh, cause even in the dark you can still see the light it's gonna be alright gonna be alright let's do that first again this is the first day of the rest of your life this is the first day of the rest of your life cause even in the dark you can still see the light it's gonna be alright it's gonna be alright and love will hold us together Make us a shelter to weather the storm And now be my brother's keeper So the whole world will know that we're not alone Oh yeah, we were kind of playing around with this earlier we're like, are we going to do this song or not? Let's just do that. Uh, let's do verse one and then go into that, to that bridge. So this song is just one of these other cultural icon kind of songs. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. 
my hour of darkness. She is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. See that. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Oh, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper as a wisdom, let it be. Lord God, when we come to you today, we just give you praise. No matter what the music is, it's all to glorify you. No matter what we give, we know that all wisdom comes from you, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit here. We thank you for, as that video started us off, that we need to be the kings today, not Martin Luther King, because he's, he's, he did and fought his battle. But God, we must be those, that force for, uh, for you and your kingdom here now. We must see racial injustice fall by the wayside, and it comes through us. We must see inequalities everywhere fall by the wayside, and that comes through you. And ultimately, more than ever, we need the name of Jesus lifted higher and higher in a world that so much needs it. And for that, it comes from us. And we are your hands and feet. And for Lord, for all these things, we give you praise in Christ's mighty name. Amen. All right, as the lights come up and our children go to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry, I'd like you to greet one another and say hi. Yeah. I know. I didn't do the chorus. I did the bridge. I did the chorus. I know. Huh? Oh yeah. All right. Good morning. How is everybody? Everybody good? How many stayed up and watched that last football game last night? Crazy, huh? Craziness. The Packers did not, although Aaron Rodgers threw a Hail Mary with no time left that was caught. It was a crazy, crazy game. And guess what? The Eagles and Ravens were nowhere near it, so there we go. All right. Okay. Um, great to see everybody here today. Uh, hopefully, if you are visiting with us today, welcome. First thing I want to tell you, we got one rule. Relax. Relax and enjoy what God has to bring to you. We believe you're here for a reason and that God brought you here, and we're excited to, um, to have you with us. Um, we have s- several announcements today, but most of all, it, again, if you're visiting with us and you received a card, fill that out. Um, if you want, you can drop it in the plate. Um, if you also want, you can take it to the back here, and we have a small gift for you, thanking you for being part of our worship today. Um, so thank you. Uh, 
You can see information about membership. Um, today, the last day, if you um, donated to the church over 2015 your, um, and you, that was recorded, we do have uh, tax letters out here that you can pick up. If not, they will go out today, uh, this week. So this last day, you can pick them up. If not, then you can pick, um, you'll, you'll receive them, but hopefully you'll be able to take those. Um, small group invitation tomorrow night, um, the 18th. They will be beginning this uh, new study. And um, they're going to have a pizza party here tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So it's going to be called Lead Your Family Like Jesus. Um, today, uh, we have Haven's uh, youth event today. They're going to go for a swim party. It's outside. No, just joking. Um, but they're going to go ahead and have that. You can read the information in your bulletin about that uh, and contact Bobby Brickner with any other information. Um, an Emmaus gathering, for those who've been part of Emmaus or Chrysalis or Trace Diaz or the other and all the other kinds of things that they have there. Um, January 22nd, um, um, you can see that this Friday. Dining for Women, uh, we'll have a Mardi Gras party February 10th. Um, that's always fun. They always have good pictures there, so that's always a good thing here. And um, I'll, I'll touch on something else in a second. Uh, Lisa Osborne asked that we announce after church today in um, in the, uh, is it the, bell, uh, the lounge area over here, um, that they will meet about the sewing project that she spoke about. So if you're interested in that. We also have the rotating shelter. I believe there's a clipboard going around with some items uh, needed for that. And if you'd like to um, connect and donate with that, we'll be having that um, now through, the, through uh, Valentine's Day. And um, also the quarters for linens and lots of other things. Um, soldier thank you from Laura and Liz. Everybody, the soldiers are going to need two boxes each. That is awesome. And I, I connected briefly with Erin May today, and I saw she sent me a, just sent me a, a message back, um, and so I didn't get a chance to check on seeing what that is. But we're, we're, our prayers are definitely with, with her and um, the other soldiers that are represented from our church. Um, we do have one more announcement. You can see um, during Lent, what we like to try to do during the season of Lent, and this year Easter is early. Does anybody know that? It's at the end, it's at the end of um, March. And so... One of the things um, we like to do is a small group study, a church-wide study. So the theme of our, our week this year, it's a study I've been wanting to do for about six or seven years. And it's called One Month to Live, not One Life to Live, One Month to Live. Um, we're not doing a soap opera, but it's One Month to Live. And it runs on the premise of if you had, if I ask you the question, if you were told you had one month to live, what would be different in your life? What would change and what would you want to do? So I want to want you to watch this uh, brief video and then I'll talk briefly about it. I had one month to live. I had one month to live. If I had one month to live, I put my heart where it needs to be. Enjoy every day with him. I would spend every waking moment with my kids and my husband and let the laundry pile up and the dishes overflow the sink and, um, and just spend quality time with them. I'd spend all my time with my family and I'd have a great, I'd have a lot of uh, meals with them. Big round table and we'd all have a great big party. Oh wow. <laughs> um, I'd probably apologize to everyone I'm supposed to apologize to. Um, I'd probably travel, sell my, sell my house and travel for a month. I'd spend uh, every, every minute I could with my family. I uh, love them to death, and I don't get to spend enough time with it right now. I would spend it with my family and friends. I would eat more donuts. <laughs> I would take a dance class with my husband, like ballroom dancing like you see on TV. 
straighten my act up. I would try the 70-foot triple jump over there at Three Palms on my dirt bike. Quit my job, spend it with my kids. Um, probably take my family and try to go on a big hunting trip somewhere. How many would eat more donuts? All right, I love that one. Um, there are clipboards that are in um, the aisles with you. I'd like to just take them, pass them down if you want to sign up. I uh, wanted to let you know we also recognize there are others taking others. Take, and most of our small group studies are going to also be doing this. But just to let you know, um, sign up anyway. We're going to have different times. We recognize that some are taking disciple, and that's a lot. So actually, I know we are going to have a class right before church as well that is going to go. Um, that's going to go along with One Month to Live. I met past, it uh, was put together by Pastor Carrie Shook, who has the church Fellowship of the Woodlands, and I met him um, when God placed me out in a church start conference that I didn't have a clue that's what I was at when I was at another church, and I met him, um, and he's in Woodlands, Texas, and it's put together very well, and I've been wanting to do it for a time, and I just feel now is the time, perfect time to do it. And so if you have one month, one month to live, it's not a lot of time, right? How would that change? And then how can we live like we were dying? And so I'm really excited about this series. I'd love for people to connect to it. And it'll be, be an awesome time. All right? So everybody has those clipboards, I think, in your aisles. I think one's by Fred. You can just pass them on. And we'd love to know if you're interested in that as well. Okay, um, we now ha- also have our prayer request. If you're watching, we want to welcome Church Online. If they're watching, um, go ahead. You can click on and add a prayer list. and It'll come to our prayer coordinators, our prayer team. And we'll make sure that gets out. Um, if you're here... Um, beyond the sconce over there, we have an uh, area where you can sign those up and, um, and fill them out. Taylor Krause has asked for a prayer for her uncle who is battling cancer and um, struggling with anxiety and depression. Um, my mother-in-law, Judy, has a very nasty cold, which a lot of other people are also having, thanks to this wonderful weather. I also want to pray for those going back to school. I know many of our college students and others are headed back um, to, those thi- to those things. And I think um, our public schools around here got another va- mini vacation, so they got to go back be praying for them as well, because um, it's always, always kind of crazy. Anything else that we just need to touch on real quickly? Uh, any prayers? Yes. What was that? Okay, so we're going to pray for James with a concussion. Yes, Joe. Um, coworker just passed away not too long ago. Okay. Okay, so we want to... Ooh, okay. All right, so, so we want to pray for him and those and the family that's far away. All right, yes. Awesome. So Nikki's rolling along with a positive blood work, and we thank God for that. All right. I know we had several birthdays in our churches, and most of them want to forget it, except for my daughter Hannah. We call it Hannah Palooza. It starts about a week in advance, and it continues for about a month afterwards. So welcome to Hannah Palooza. You are part of it, whether you like it or not. All right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you today, and we want to thank you for all the blessings that you've given to us, how you encourage us and strengthen us in all those times, in times when, uh, when the future is uncertain, in times when... We have security. You are there. 
And so no matter what, it, what uh, situation we're in, God, we recognize that all that we do is for you. As we've been in this series called Better, God, we just want better. We want better for us. We want better for our, our community. We want better for our children. We want better for our world. And honestly, God, we all just want a better relationship with you and your church deserves better than we've given it. And so as we are in our third week and we're talking about wisdom, I ask God that you give us wisdom. You help us be wise to make those decisions and to focus the future unafraid and clear under your direction. And now, God, we come to the, a period of time where we've given up our prayer request and we ask for all the blessing upon those people who are struggling with loss and illness and, and depression and anxiety and all those things. But Lord, we also come to the time where we continue our worship by taking time to give back to you. Thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. Scripture says you love a cheerful giver, and God, we, um, that's what we, we want. We don't, we don't want begrudgingly or out of guilt. We want people to give and give freely um, a portion of the blessing that you have. Not so that we can build a kingdom here and say, look at what we've done, but so that, God, it can go back out, that it can serve in the Parish Foundation, that it can, um, it can meet uh, in the drug addiction that is in our community, that it can help those who, uh, who can't afford sub, uh, rent for a month during this time. Whatever it may be, God that you may have a stretch all around the world and reach out with hands and feet. We recognize that this is a call that we have upon our lives. One of the saddest things, God, that we look at is that still today in our world, this hour that we know is Sunday when your church comes together is still the most segregated time in the world. And so, God, we, I want to pray right now that you'll tear down walls. You'll tear down walls of racism and hatred and that you'll unite your church as a body, as a light for the world not one that gives a totally different perspective, that we can come together in the only thing that we can come together in, in Jesus Christ. And so God, through the rest of the service, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon us gathered here, upon those who are joining us through an iPhone or through church, uh, a computer with church online, that we are the body of Christ and where your spirit is and where two or three are gathered, so are you. And so God, minister in a mighty way and let this truly be a better day, a better year, and a better life in service to you. In Christ's name. Amen. Rejected and alone 
Labs of Better. Let's join Martin and Julie again on their first date. Um, I'll have the dinner salad. Could I get the crab cakes, a side of broccoli, and a clove of garlic as an appetizer? Thanks. So where were we? Hmm. Apparently looking for a breezy evening. Let's see what it looks like with Better. Um, I'll have the dinner salad. I'll have the same. So where were we? When life hands you choices, choose better. Better, doesn't he? Every week he's been making mistakes, so um, we've been we've been seeing them every week. If you missed any of our series, by all means, go to our website or download our app, and um, that way you can go ahead and catch up. So, how you doing? Huh? All right, that's a little bit better. 
Are you as good as my shirt? You're saying, I hope not. <laughs> so, I had somebody told me it looked like one of those candy canes, but anyway. Yeah, fruit straight gum, that's what I thought. So, anybody remember fruit straight gum? Anybody like fruit straight gum for about the first couple bites? All right, there we go. The rest of this stinks. Okay, good to see everybody here today. Um, we are thrilled to have you, and I hope you're relaxed. Everybody relaxed? Okay, good. All right, so here we are. We are in the middle of our series called Better. We have a couple more weeks, and I, wanna, I want you to do me a favor. I want to see how good you are. You ready? You ready? You said you're relaxed. I want you to cheer. I want you to just say, woo! Give me your... Okay, that's good. Now, I want you, if, if you want this year to be better than last year, ready? At the count of three. One... Two, three. You, you really want it better than last year. One, two, three. Ah, oh, there we go. So everybody wants it better. Somebody at home's going, woo! And somebody in the other room's running and going, what the heck? All right. So we, we want it better than last year. And so um, we're going to look, we are, what we're doing in the series is we're looking at different verses, different verses in Scripture that, um, that start or have the word better in them. And we spent some, some time with them. Now, remember, the first week, anybody remember what we talked about the first week? Better is, one day in your courts, then, I would rather be, house of my God, then, there we go, dwell in the tents of the wicked, there we go. Last week, everybody's like, oh man, last week, we've been doing memory verses with this, anybody remember last week's memory verse? (laughs) Better, better is a two hands full of M&M's. Is that what we're talking about? You got to watch last week's sermon. Okay. Um, and believe me, I could not wait to get those things out of my house. Anybody was coming, I'm like, eat these things. Eat them. Willpower. You want to talk? I need a series about willpower and M&M's in your house. Uh, but it's better than one handful, which tranquility, than... All right. Not bad. Not good, but not bad. All right. So here's my question for today as we begin. Are you ready for my question? You ready? Yeah. All right. My question for today is, how many of you right now have some decisions that are very important that you have to make? Just raise your hand. Anybody? All right. Very good. Um, so, you know, and what I find out is no matter what season of life we're in, we all have some kind of decision to make. Um, some of you are students and you need to decide whether to go to college next year. You're at that transitional point. Um, some of you are saying, should I go back to school? Um, some of you are in college and you're like, I've been here for 10 years. What, I think I better decide what to major in and go ahead and, and graduate. Um, some are saying, should I get a job or should I go to school? Some are saying, um, are considering whether you're going to date somebody or not. Uh, should I date him or should I not date her or should I not? Some of you are saying, should I stay dating that person or should I not stay dating that person? Um, Or should I take this relationship to another level? Should we get married or should we not? If we do, when should we get married? Um, And if if we get married, then where are we going to live? Should we rent? Should we buy? Uh, We get married, should we say, should we have kids now? Should we have kids later? Those with kids say, should we trade in our kids for another ones now or later? Um, We don't know what to do. We're kind of confused on these things. Should I pay off my car first or should I pay off my credit card? Should I stay at home and raise the kids or should I continue to work so that my kids have some more so we can get out of debt? Uh, We want a pet, so what should we get? Should we get a dog or should we get two or three dogs? Not cats, no, we're not going to get them. Um, So our key thought for this day is simply this. Um, We make our decisions, and someone once said this, we make our decisions and our decisions make us. 
Let me say that again. We make our decisions, and our decisions make us. The decisions that we make in life shape us for the next part of our life. So in other words, who you become tomorrow is a direct result of what choice you made today. So beginning today's message, I want to look at an Old Testament scripture. If you have your Bibles, or if you have a a smartphone, or an iPad, or something like that, um, I am going to start with a story that is in 1 Kings. Uh, um, 1 Kings is in the Old Testament, and it's about a guy named Solomon. Now I know our disciple Bible study talked about Solomon this week. Don't laugh. Um, and in two weeks ago, I know the other disciple Bible study spoke about Solomon, right? Correct? So we, we, it's kind of fresh in our minds about Solomon. But what happened here, Solomon is made king over Israel. This is after David. David, with David and Goliath, has died. And Solomon, is, his son, is going to become king. Now, there was a history back then that if, when you became a king, they would go ahead and they would make a sacrifice. And um, they would sacrifice a bull as a sign of worship to God. Solomon did everything big. And Solomon decided to make lots of sacrifice. He sacrificed 1,000 animals in a huge offering to God. Now, there's all kinds of theological stuff like that. Pet lovers, don't shut me out yet. Um, There's a lot of reasons why we have that. But what's really interesting is he he went to Gibeah and he offered all these sacrifices in 1 Kings chapter 3, if you want to read about this, um, basically 1 through 12. And he went and he, uh, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. That night, God appeared to him. And God said this question, and this is in verse 5. God said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you, and I will give it to you. Ask me for anything that you want me to give to you, and I will give it. Now, last week, we'd all be saying, if God did that to us, we'd say the Powerball numbers, please. Okay, that's all I want. And don't give them to anybody else. Um, anybody upset that you didn't win? Well, me too. Um, so what we have, what do you want? Just think about that. What if God came to you and said, I will give you whatever you want. Just ask me for it. What are you thinking of? If you're like my kids and you're like me, you'd ask for five more wishes, right? That's the one thing. But let's remove that one. Let's go here. Some of you would say, God, show me the money. Show me the money. I need more. Some of you would say, God, I want power. I want to be famous. I want to be in movies. Some of you who, um, who have never been married or have been, uh, not been married for a while and would like to be, you may say, I want a godly husband or I want a smoking hot wife who knows how to pray and cook. All right? Um, if you're married and can't have kids, you've tried everything, you may go ahead and say, hey, God, you know, I'd like to have children. And can you make that happen? Um, You may be battling some illness or may know someone who you love who's battling that illness. And you say, God, I want you to heal me or I'd like for you to heal this person. See? A little James Brown. Hi. All right. If God asks you, so what I want you to do right now, if God asks you, I will give you anything you want. Write it down. Now, I know we're tainted here because we're in church and we feel like we need a churchy answer. But I want you to be real honest because God knows your heart and your mind. I want you to just kind of jot it down. You can put code if you don't want the person next to you. See, if God would give you one thing, you can ask for whatever you want, what would it be? Don't look at me. Write it down. That's what I said. Go ahead. Write it down. This is also in Second Chronicles. And... God said, I will give you anything. And Solomon said, give me. 
He said, give me this. And here's what he says. We have it up here on the screen in 2 Chronicles. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead these people for who is able to govern these great people yours. What Solomon says is, at this point, is I am dumb as a stick without you, God. I've got these people that are your people, so I need to lead them. And in order to lead them properly, I need your wisdom and your knowledge to help bring this about. Solomon could have asked for anything. I don't know about you, but if God asked me, that's way down on my list. Anybody? Honestly, it's way down on my list. And he says, give me wisdom, give me knowledge. And the cool thing is, somehow this moved God. It touched him. It, it shifted him. And he said, Solomon, you could have asked for anything. You could ask for money. You could ask for power. You could ask for fame. You could ask for, you know, wives, which he had a whole bunch of them anyway. Um, you could ask for me to wipe out all your enemies. But since you asked for wisdom, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you everything else as well. Solomon started out in the game that he, all he wanted was wisdom, and God gave him so much. Solomon, the cool thing is, Solomon wrote more about wisdom than anybody else in Scripture. And over and over again, he says this, wisdom is better. Say that with me, wisdom is better. Again, wisdom is better. Wisdom is better than all things. And there's a couple things I want to share with you first about what Solomon says about wisdom. He says, wisdom is better than weapons of war. Now, if you're going into a battle line and you go, hmm, a lot of us would rather have an M16 than wisdom. But guess what? If we don't have the sense to use the thing and to turn off the safety, then we're not going to be able to use it, correct? So wisdom, we need wisdom. The great warriors of time also were great tacticians of battle that understood what warfare was about. Wisdom is better than strength. And so here we come at that time that you all love. Our memory verse. Are you excited? Who's excited for the memory verse? Okay, here we go. Not as excited as you want a better year, I know. So here we go. Here's our memory verse. It comes from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16. So you can remember that much, correct? It says, How much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding than silver. Let's say it together. How much better to get wisdom than gold to choose understanding rather than silver? One more time together. How much better to get wisdom than gold to choose understanding rather than silver? Close your eyes. Here we go. You ready? Try it out. How much better to get gold to choose understanding? All right, good. See, that's not so bad. Give yourself a clap. There you go. High five the person next to you and say, you need work. Okay, there we go. Here's the major deal about this with Solomon is that gold was and still is, because I hear the commercials, the, the number one commodity. For years, it was the number. Here, if you had gold, you had everything. And so he is making a statement that anything you wrote down there that isn't wisdom, he says, wisdom is better than the number one commodity that you could possibly have. It's because gold meant wealth. Gold meant power, and it represented prestige. If you had gold, you had those things. So how much better is that than anything anybody else wants? The second most valuable commodity he then goes to is, is what? Silver. And I know we all want to sing the Burl Ives, silver and gold. So I'm not going to do it. I just did. All right, here we go. But silver and gold, the two most wealthy commodities, he said wisdom is better than. 
Wisdom is better than. So one more time. Here we go. Our memory verse. How much better to get wisdom than gold? Very good. Good job. That was much better. Much better. Um, You know, one of the things I've seen in life is when... One of the things I've learned in life is probably that Solomon is right. One of the things that I think my life would have been a lot, much, lot better and things would have gone a lot better if I had an ounce of wisdom. Anybody agree with me with that? Um, what's interesting, the book of Proverbs is a really cool book and it matches with our 30 days plus our one month to live series because if you look at the book of Proverbs, which is often talked about the book of wisdom, written by Solomon, there are 31 chapters to the book of Proverbs. So if you want something little that you can go ahead and apply to your life to get reading scripture, take the book of Proverbs and read one chapter a day. And leap year, you'll figure it out. Okay? But what I learned in my life is I need wisdom in my life. You could do this for one month, and over the next several years, you can apply wisdom to your life. Because what I've learned is I need wisdom from God. I've got wisdom. I'm thankful for my education. I'm thankful for the knowledge that I've, that I've been given. But wisdom helps me apply that. It helps me utilize it. And so what I've found is, for those of you who are especially younger than me, which is increasing all the time, um, this is incredibly value, valuable. People, if you ask people my age and older, if I said, if you got a chance to redo a couple things in your life, how many of you, just raise your hands, how many of you say, I would like a do-over at some point or some area in my life? Anybody? All right. Okay. We'd like some, something to change. We would rather have done something a little bit differently. We, in other words, we've learned that we needed wisdom um, in those times. Somewhere, I always recognize that when my kids got about 14, I got really dumb. Anybody here parents know that? You kind of lose, you're, you're dumber on the scale that happens there. But this is incredibly value. If I knew then what I know now, Okay, many of us have said that. I would have done this thing differently. So, we need this more than anything. For instance, if some are financially messed up, you need financial wisdom. If you're trying to make a decision on where to go to school, where to get married, who to marry, those kind of things, those are big decisions that we need wisdom. And if we make emotional decisions, they're usually not very good. Anybody ever made an emotional decision in your life? How'd that work out for you? Not very, very good. And I love what Solomon says. We need wisdom from God. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, he says, what is wisdom? Here's what he tells us. What is wisdom? Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. He's building upon what he laid down in the earlier foundation in our in our scripture lesson, actually, he sets this down before he gets to that, um, to our memory verse. He says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. It's going to cost you everything you have, but get wisdom. Because wisdom is supreme, we want to glorify God. We want to make the right choices. And whoever has it, God blesses and God enjoys. No matter how much it costs you, go for it, because it's more valuable than any commodity. It's more valuable than gold. It's more ga- valuable than silver. So don't be a fool. What scripture tells us, those who lack wisdom are fool or foolish. Wisdom will transform your life. But the problem is, here's the problem with people who are fools. Say, look at, look at me. You, I'll let you look at me. You don't have to look at the person next to you. Look at me and say, fool. You guys were really excited about that one. Do it again. Go ahead. Fool, fool. When you see, how many have ever known anybody who's pretty much foolish in life? 
okay? And you know what? Here's the cool thing about them. They don't know they're foolish. The more you talk to them, the more you start to wonder whether you're really the foolish one because there's actually some sense to their foolishness. Am I right? And, and you try to look through that. So as we look at this, when we look at foolishness, the problem is they don't know they're being fools. They can't tell they're being foolish. Like those in my age. How many, how many grew up in the 80s here? Or 80s, 90s, early 90s? Okay, ladies, remember the big hair? How many had the big hair? Foolish. Guys, anybody have parachute pants? Anybody breaking? Anybody break out the breaking board? Anybody? I just got the car- piece of cardboard, right? How many of you were spent, could buy the Alfonso breaking board? Remember that? Alfonso Ribeiro, the breaking board? But do you remember that? you remember the 80s? Look at any of the styles. How many of you had the, the mullet? There we go. I hear laughter. I know people had that. You guys want to strut that out now? Go for it, okay? So you can see there's certain things that we did were foolish. I could go back to the 60s. I could go back to bell bottoms, right? The 70s. You set the big hair down, right? I mean, there's some weird, weird thing. And what I tell everybody, every student, I tell them, your senior picture you think is cool until you look at it years later. Like some of you had the ruffle tux with the big bow tie. Anybody wear a leisure suit? Uh-huh. There we go. That's all we got to say. Leisure suit, fools. There we go. But there are a lot of areas in my life where I've been foolish. Um, I remember um, in the 80s riding down I-95 in the back of a pickup truck on a lawn chair. <laughs> foolish, right? You know? Anything could happen. And guess what? I was leaning up against the tailgate. Yeah, I'm really dumb, aren't I? Yeah. There we go. You know what I'd do to my kids if I heard they were just in the back of a pickup truck right now? You remember, tra- that was part of your transportation then, wasn't it? Oh, we got to hold back. Pack us in, you know, like sardines. That's what we used to do. One time, and I was, gr- I was a grown married man at this time, I decided to clean a stain off the bathroom, and I used bleach, and then I decided to make it even better and mix it with ammonia. Yeah, who's stupid? Yes, exactly. You don't do that. That's stupid. It creates a poisonous cloud, Right? I know that now after going, <laughs> right? Foolish. We've done, these are just some of the few things in my life I've done that are dumb. The other ones I won't share. They're part of Jack Cohen, the Lost Years. But anyway, how many of you, I, want, I need you to raise your hand. How many of you act before you think? Okay. You have foot and mouth disease. There you go. Um, a lot of you that didn't raise your hands, you're lying in church. Shame on you. All right. What about how many of you spend as much as you earn? All right, some of us, there we go. Um, some of you, again, are just lying some more. All right, how many of you occasionally hurt someone that you love? All right, if, if you're sitting next to them and they hurt you, hurt them, get them to raise your hand. Uh, how many of you, like me, are often full of pride and you're slow to ask for help because you know what's right? All right. And some of you won't raise your hand because you think it means that you need help. So that's why you're not raising your hand because you're all, anyway, we got it down. Um, if you've done these things, then guess what the Bible says? You're a fool. Look at the person next to you. Now you get to talk to the best friend. Say fool. Say it real good. Say fool. There we go. Look at the person on the other side. We're equal opportunity foolish. Fool. There you go. All right. So there you go. Everybody, welcome to this ship of fools right here that we call church. Bible fools need to get wisdom. And here's what the scripture says. Here's what the scripture says about fools. 
about fools in the Bible. Fools act before they think. In Proverbs 13, 16, it says, Wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And they even brag about their foolishness. They act before they think. Um, yeah, I remember for like 10 years, I helped support the diaper business, to let you know, with 400 kids that I have. Uh, and, and in doing so, Melissa nursed. And I remember one time we were in church. And just a, here's a hint. If you ever see a lady who has a baby and she's got a blanket over top of you, men, warning, warning, run. You, there's nothing you need to see there. I remember this guy came over and he goes, hey, Melissa's nursing. She has the blanket over here. He goes, hey, let me see what you got there. And Melissa says, you're going to see a lot of what I got if you keep on coming over. <laughs> so, yeah, and you know, that, that's foolish. Don't do that. You see the blanket? What do you do, man? Run. There you go. Okay, good job. There's nothing you need to see there. Um, and we, if we see him today, still when we see Robin today, we go, <laughs> remember the time? You know, now that she's like 11. Um, Full spend all they earn. In Proverbs 21, 20, it says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. But what does a foolish man do? He devours it all. He eats all. He spends all. Everybody else does. Why not me? As my dad said, if everybody else was jumping off a bridge, would you? Right. Fools also hurt those they love. Look at this scripture lesson from Proverbs 14. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. It's not just talking about her out there with hammer and nails. What it's talking about is building a family, building them up. She, she doesn't tear them down by belittling them and nagging them and controlling them. And what does the foolish man do in his house? He's domineering, he's angry, and he tears down and hurts those he loves. Fools think they know it all. You ever heard of, I think one of the main problems in life are people, um, I think I have this up here, Melinda. Um, let's read the scripture lesson first from uh, Proverbs 12. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. How much better to get wisdom than gold and choose understanding over silver. You know, I think one of the problems in society is that we are wisdom. We are wise dumb. Do we have that right there? We are wise dumb. That we know too much, but we know very little. The more we know, the less we know in our lives. Anybody agree with that? There's your new term for today, wise dumb. I made it up myself. You like it? Okay. Um, but those two combined, we know a lot about a lot. We have accessibility to any kind of information. We don't even have to know anymore. We, can, we know how to just type, and boom, we can get some sort of information. But really, when it comes down to it, we don't have wisdom. We're actually dumb in what we have in front of us as the knowledge that we have right here. Wisdom is better than the most valuable thing that you can have. Choose wisdom. Get understanding. It's supreme. It may cost you most of anything. But if you get wisdom, it can change the direction and trajectory of your life. And you can impact more people for the glory of God than any other decision that you make in life. It's not based in the wisdom of this world, but in the wisdom of God. So right now you're saying, okay, Jack, how do I get this wisdom? You know, you need like Billy Mays up here. Here's how you get your wisdom right here, you know, and it comes out. How do I get this wisdom? All right, tell me how to do it. The good news is the Bible is crystal clear on how to get biblical wisdom. And there's three direct verses that I want to share with you about the way we get wisdom. You ready? Okay. Here we go. The first thing is, in order to get wisdom, we must fear God. We should fear God. 
Proverbs 9, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? And of the Holy One is understanding. There's three things related to knowledge and wisdom right there. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. What does this mean? It doesn't mean like, Oh my gosh, God's coming. He's going to strike me down. <laughs> no. It doesn't mean like, oh, he's going to get me. He's going to get me. And you know how many people that have been around churches for years that have this belief that the fear of God is, I've got to be afraid of God? Let me ask you, how does it work as a parent relationship if your children fear you more than love you? How does it work then if you want your children to be more afraid of you as a mother than love you as a parent? It does not work. It doesn't. It actually causes more issues. And I believe, again, this goes back to the wise dumb that so many of us have an image of a, of a good and awesome God that we look at, not like our, our Father who loves us and created us that we need to honor, but we look at him as just waiting for us to mess up so he can part our hair with a, with a lightning bolt. And that's wrong. It's just wrong. And if that's what you believe, and if that's your wisdom according to God, it is going to mess up your faith for the rest of your life. Because guess what? The scripture also tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So guess what? That means one day you're getting a lightning bolt right in the head because if God's just waiting for you to mess up. No, it's totally different than that. What does it mean? The fear of the Lord in the Old Testament is a reverential fear. It's kind of being in awe of the holiness of God. It's about making decisions based off of, of God and recognizing I need to go to him and, and honor you know, like, I remember there were several years, those of you who know my dad, know there, um, there, was, there were several years that I knew when I was doing something bad that if my dad caught me, I was in trouble. And you might remember that sermon this year when I talked about him with Mr. Bobby whipping me, and, and I told you about, you know, he had one leg shorter than the other, and he chased you, and it was like, dum, 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 dum. It was like Jaws chasing you up the stairs, and he always got you, always got you. Um, but I was afraid of the repercussions but, I'm not a, but I honored my dad because I knew he was right. And I knew that he loved me unconditionally. I knew when he tore my rear end up, I wasn't happy with him at that time, believe me. But I also knew that, that, was, that I honored and loved him. You with me here? I recognize that God has set guidelines because he loves me. And I realized out of my own nature to pull away and to do what I want, my own stupidity, my own wisdom, I think I know what's better for me. And that's why I got whooped as a kid, and that's why I'm getting whooped in my life now. When I think I'm smarter than God. When I think I'm smarter than my daddy in heaven. And so what we see here is when we make decisions. I've had decisions in my life where I've had to trust God, that I went back and forth, back and forth, when it was to come home from West Virginia to save money, but most of all, to get my head straight. And it was a, it was a big decision for me because I felt like I was failing in certain areas of my life. That's one of the areas why we, we struggle with making decisions because we worry about what other people think. And so here I am, I'm struggling with this thing because if I come home, the people will say, Jack's a failure. And I struggle with that. But it was that decision when I came home, I ended up getting my head clear. I ended up meeting a girl named Melissa who became my girlfriend, who's now been my wife this year 20 years. And we've been together almost 26 years. And so God utilized that area, but I had to lean on him. And I called everybody. I called everybody around. You know what else it did? It put me in a school called Cecil, where I formed a relationship with some people. That now it opened the door for me to be able to instruct and to go ahead and help other people and pass on what was given to me. 
It wouldn't have happened if I hadn't leaned on the wisdom of God. And believe me, I was not happy about it. But it was a decision I, in my brokenness, I couldn't make emotionally. I couldn't get the knowledge from everybody. And I remember my dad telling me, Jack, you're calling every day back and forth. And we love you and we're glad that you're reaching out to us. But here's the thing. Pray about it. And when you make that decision, in 10 years, it's going to be the best decision you made because God's going to honor you if you seek him first. That's wisdom of God. We spend so many times afraid of what other people are going to say about our, de- about our decisions, and we're afraid of rejection. What are people going to think? What if I fail? What if I try and don't make it? We should not live with this fear of others, but this fear of all of God. What if I let God down? What if I'm, I'm not living according to his law? What if I'm not in a place where God wants me? And one of the biggest problems in our culture that I think we've seen is we become too informal with God, too casual with his holy nature. You know, we have people who say, you know, I'm cool with the big guy upstairs in the sky. Hey, God and I are... are pretty cool. I can do whatever I want. You know, I was baptized at an early age, and you know, I got my ticket punch. We're good. God understands. He knows. Now I'm going to do what I want, and then, you know, I'll check in with him here and there. In Scripture, there's nothing that says we approach God like that. And I'm not talking about music. I'm not talking about worship. I mean, we can, we can worship God in any way possible as long as we give him glory. What I'm talking about here is that if the presence of God fully in his fullness fell in this room right now, the glory of God, every single one of us would not be sitting in our chairs. We would be on our faces because he's so powerful. And suddenly we wouldn't give a rip about what anybody else in the world thinks, but we want to know about pleasing him above and beyond all things. We desire to please him, and that is the start of wisdom when we see that. My decisions then go when I want to seek him and his wisdom. My decisions go from a temporal weight and a situational, emotional thing to being one that has eternal consequences. All right? So we have these, how will I glorify God? What will make his name known? How will God lead me in this? Will others come to know him? It starts with reverence, the fear of God. And I did a sermon on that this past summer, if you want to hear more about that. Start to fear him, and suddenly you'll make decisions that please him, because the fear of God is the beginning of what? Wisdom. All right, everybody good? Number two. This is a hard one. Ask God. Ask God. Go ahead, ask him. Just ask. You want wisdom? Ask God. Say, God, you who? How did Solomon get it? He asked him for it. In James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should what? He should what? Ask God, who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. In week one, we spent time talking about better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And remember we were talking about praying continually? Remember how we talked about that? It wasn't like just walking around like this, oh God. It was like short bursts of communication. Remember we were talking about like tweet God. Remember that? 140 characters last, tweet him. Let him know. In every situation throughout the day. That's what we're talking about. The same goes here. Hey, God, give me wisdom when you have a situation. Hey, God, what do I say to this person? This person who is irate because they aren't having something. This person who's lost. This person who just needs direction. This person who's looking at me funny in the window next to me. Whatever. God, what do I say to this person? God, hey, I need your direction. God, would you guide me? God, would you help me reach out to this person? God, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this verse that I read today. 
I'm thinking about this memory verse that we talked about in church. What does it really mean to me? God, I feel you want me to do this. Is that you here? God, I, I want you to reach out and help this person. What should I do to make that possible? Should I call them? Should I write them? Should I send them a note? Should I text them? God, I feel like you're leading me to go in this direction. Should I go? Show me again. And over and over again. That's that just tweet God. Everybody say tweet God. Never thought you'd ever say that before in your life, did you? But here's the thing. That's continual communication with God, and you're asking him for wisdom in your life. It's not big flowery prayers, which are awesome. It's about I'm making a connection with God, and I just want to hear what he has to say, and I want to go ahead. And what this does, and when you begin to ask God all day long, God, what do you want from me? You, here's the real cool thing. You begin to hear God. I can't tell you how specifically, but I know you will begin to hear him. You will begin to see it clearly. God will send things in your way, and you'll go, oh, my gosh. But we've got to get in tune with God. We've got to ask him what he desires. We've got to get away from the points where we go along, we go along, and all hell is breaking out in our lives. And then we cry out, God, help me. God's saying, sure, I'll help you. But here's the deal. If you had stayed in contact with me all the time, you wouldn't have gotten this position in the first place. So connect with me. Lean on me. Trust me. Ask him. When I'm in tune with God, he's showing me about what I need to do in my family. He's telling me about what I need to do in the church. He's telling me about what I need to do with leadership decisions. And guess what? When you do those things, sometimes the decisions I make, like cutting off the data on my children's phone, isn't a very popular decision in the family. If we took a Democratic vote, I'm going to get voted down because I'm outnumbered. But guess what? They ain't paying the bill. You with me? And so we have to make these decisions. Sometimes when you make leadership decisions, it doesn't make other people happy. But guess what? Who am I here to please? God. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Ask him in your life. Ask him. Ask him. Joyce Meyer had a statement, don't go to the phone, go to the throne. In other words, don't go call somebody else right away. Go to God, then talk to people who you trust in your life. Don't go to social media. Don't ask God's opinion. Ask him for wisdom. So far, here's our rundown. We got to do number one, we fear God. Number two, we ask God. Number three, you ready for this one? Hang out with wise people. Now, since you call the person next to you a fool, go ahead and say, say you want to hang out? All right. I could do a year on this verse here. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows what? Wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Suffers harm. If you want to be wise, hang out with wise people. If you want to be an idiot, hang out with idiots. No, no, that's not rocket science. That's biblical. Where's it biblical? The scripture says, bad company corrupts good character. Have you ever seen a good kid hang out with a bunch of bad kids? What happens? It usually, it's very rare where the good kid rubs off on the, other, on the rest of the group. Very rare. It happens, but it does. You run with a bunch of idiots, you're going to be an idiot. That's scripture, and it's truth. You want to be wise. Hang out with wise people. You want to accomplish things in your life? Like say you want to serve God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. You want to maximize all your gifts that God has given you? You want to be a godly man, a family man or a godly woman, 
loving your spouse as Christ loved the church. You want to be a godly parent, raising generations of men and women you know, who know him and serve him. You want to be a good steward of the finances and all the other things that God's given you. You want to be financially strong. Then don't hang out with people who are running around on their spouse. Don't hang out with people who could care less about their children. Don't hang out with people who spend absolutely everything they have. Because guess what? You're going to do the same thing. I remember in college, just spending time with people on a floor, I started to speak like them. My first roommate in college was from Boston. I was in West Virginia. You tried to combine those two accents, I sounded really stupid. All right? These were the kind of things that you, that you have. The problem is you may have difficulty finding people with all these qualities. So many marriages around you may be falling apart or barely hanging on. So many people in our world, because of one thing and another, even things outside of their control, may be living paycheck to paycheck or broke. So many don't like what they're doing, don't like their career, don't like their jobs. Fellow Christians, you, there's many people who, who are, profess to be Christians, believe in God, but there's no outward evidence of that in their lives. If you hang around people like that, that's where your life's going to head. One of the dying arts in church is something called accountability, where people met together and they began to share where they failed. It's okay. Here, I'm going I'm to make, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make somebody next to you feel good that you called them a fool. Go ahead and tell them, it's okay that you mess up. Now tell them, don't do it again. <laughs> all right? That's foolishness, doing the same thing over and over again. Now, I'm not saying you abandon all your friends, but I'm saying that you need to have some people in your life that are wise people. And one of the challenges that I will tell you that I'm having more in my life is I've had these spiritual mentors, these rocks in my life that I've been able to reach out to and lean on for things. And they've come to a time in their life where they're getting older, and some of them have, have even have a dementia and other kinds of things, so I've lost some of my spiritual rocks and mentors in my life. That's a hard thing for me that I don't have that, that I always have had them. So I need to cultivate new relationships with them. When I made my decision to start this church, and many of you have heard this for years, I was told I was stupid from parishioners, from superintendents, from bishops, from family, from everybody else but I knew that I knew that God wanted me to do it. Jack, there's a billion different churches in Cecil County. I know. But why? It doesn't make sense. I remember sitting on a beach down at Cape Henlopen State Park with me and a Bible and the water. Nobody else was on the beach. It was kind of like, it was wintertime, so I was cold. Talk about stupid? Yeah. I was in a bathing suit too. No, just joking. Um, But just me, Jesus, and a beach. And trying to get a direction from God and getting a clear direction as he worked. It's the wisdom of the heart of God that allows me to do what I'm doing. It allows you to do what you do. And I went with everything in me to be wise enough to do the best job. No, I don't want to do the best job. I want to do better than I did last year. As a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a, as a teacher. In every realm I'm in, I want better. And I need God's wisdom to do that. Don't sell out to the stupidity of the world. You're never going to have better. If somebody says, don't worry, your marriages are always bad. Don't believe that. Get godly wisdom and have a good marriage, a better marriage. You're always going to be broke. The way, doesn't matter who's in office. You've seen them all 
Talk about ship of fools, all of them. Here we go. You know what? It doesn't matter who's in office. We're all going to not have money. You're always going to be broke. Don't believe that. Get wisdom. Get wisdom and you might get money too. Get wisdom and you may own some things. Get wisdom and you may be wise enough to make a difference in the world. Don't pursue money. Pursue wisdom. We all wanted the shortcut of Powerball, didn't we? And do you know most of the people who win Powerball go broke? You know why? Because they're dumb. And they waste it. They didn't have it in the first place because they didn't have wisdom around money. They made a whole show called How the Lottery Ruined My Life. I know many of us would like to try. So here's what we do. Don't pursue money, but pursue wisdom. Wisdom, pursue it. Get it. It's yours. And here's the cool thing. According to James, God wants to give it to you. And so as we wrap up today, here we go. A couple things. You want to get wise? Fear him. Because guess what? We don't know everything. Ask him. Because he gives generously. Hang out with wise people. You'll be shocked at what God can do in you and your wisdom for decades. Why? Ready to say it with me? Our Bible verse. Here we go. How much better is wisdom than gold? to choose understanding rather than silver. Amen. Let's pray. Please stand. Lord God, we just come to you today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom, that wisdom is one of the uh, gifts of the Spirit. And oh God, do we need wisdom. Make us wise, make us clear to understand you. So God, right now, I want to pray for everybody who's here right now at this moment, who is, uh, who is with us, those who are watching um, Right now, online, I want to pray for them that they may have a decision that they're struggling with. Right now, God, I just want them that they just reach out and say, God, I need wisdom. And so for all those people who have a decision that are here with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you have a decision or something that you're struggling with in life, just kind of raise your hand and say, God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom to this. If if there's going to be a change in your life that you're not quite sure how it's going to be or that you want a change in your life, you say, God, just give me wisdom. Okay, God, right now I want to pray for the people who who just say, I have a decision that's pressing and it's a big one and I need your wisdom and guidance. God, give them clarity on that. For others, you may be here today and you may be struggling and you've never really had a fear of God. You've never had a connection with God to say, God, I need to... I need to know you uh, more. I need to understand who you are. Not, not afraid of you. I've always had this wise dumb of being afraid of you, but I want to love you and I want to honor you and I need your word and your wisdom to minister my, to my life. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, I need that. I've had a demented kind of view of God. God, I want to pray for them. I want to pray that you make yourself more real to them in their lives. That's about a relationship, not rules. Rules is religion. Relationship is faith. And, and so God, um, just be with them during this time and make yourself more real through your son, Jesus Christ. And if you just need more clarity in the direction of your life and you need more of God's wisdom and less of those around you and less of yourself, just raise your hand right now and say, God, I need your wisdom. For those, I want to pray for those who need that wisdom, God. Just, just, just give them your words and your direction. Have them, have them tweet you all day to go ahead and see how they can have a better understanding with you. And if you need some people in life and you you say, I'm surrounded by dumb people. I'm surrounded by people who are just doing everything wrong, God. And I am too. I'm one of them. And I just need some people in my life that are wise that I need to hang out with. If that's what you need, you need God to send you some people that are wise to make life better. Just raise your hand where you are. God, I just ask that you just send the people forth that connect with these individuals. 
that just need somebody wise with biblical wisdom to help them through and grow closer to you. And the last thing is one of the most important things. The greatest source of wisdom that you can ever have is coming to the knowledge of faith through Jesus Christ, God's Son, who gave His life up on a cross, who suffered and died for you, but rose again in power and victory and might. And so you just need the wisdom and the ability to reach out and to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. To say, God, I've been doing this before and it's just not working. I need somebody. I need something different. And I need to know you. So I'm just going to take that first step. You know, or you may have been saying, I accepted you, Lord, but my life is in shambles. It's all over the place. And a lot of it is because I've done dumb things. I've been foolish. If you just need to reconnect or to connect for the first time with Jesus Christ, just lift your hand wherever you are. So, Lord God, I just want to pray right now. For those of you who are we're there, just kind of say this to yourself, Lord God, I, I've messed up. My direction is off path. People look at me and they call me different names. Because of my behavior, because of my practices, I've been, I've been referred to as somebody who's foolishly wasting their lives. Whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whether it's alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be, that's just taken over my entire life. Whatever it may be, God, that's got me off focus. I've been foolish and I need you to make all things. I recognize that it's greater than silver, it's greater than gold, it's greater than any of those things that I have and I need to, to be able to sing that spiritual that Martin Luther King shared. I need to be free at last. Free at last, thank God Almighty I'm free at last. So God, I pray for wisdom that frees the captives here today and that you work mightily in the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The altar is open for you. We're going to have some people down to pray with you. Take this opportunity to, to pray and be available um, for what God is dealing, doing in your life. Amen.
Um, isn't that cool to know that uh, in the desert, yeah, there we go, in the desert, there you go, in the desert that God's still there. That's wisdom, knowing no matter what, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And I know as you go forth from here, you'll do that. May God, hey, this week, tweet God, know that Bible verse, right? And then next week, our, our next week of better is better name. How many of you like to have a better name? A name. It means something. So we're going to talk about a better name, what it's worth more than. Have an awesome week. Tell somebody. Later, fool. And have a high five. Have a great week. And God.